This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And no, Jay Hood, I am not going to tell you the story of the scorpion and the frog. All you have to do is really watch any television show that's been made since the year 2000. And at some point, I'm sure they're going to reference it. In fact, it was just recently referenced in an episode of Succession. So feel free to go ahead and watch that and learn all about the scorpion and the frog. From ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he is Jonathan Hood. I can learn it uh, on any of those platforms or Monday Night. Yeah, why not? Monday Night Raw. Because <laughs> no. that's, that's, the, that's the place where fables exist. Um, we're not going to start with Monday Night Raw. Instead, we are going to start with the guy who, despite not appearing on our televisions for the past nine months, continues to make the biggest splashes, the biggest news across professional wrestling. Of course, we are talking about Phil Brooks himself, CM Punk. So, correct me if I'm, I'm going to try to speed through this as quickly as possible. If I miss any notes, feel free to stop me and insert any notes that you have. But from my understanding, with all the other, with all the reporting going out there, whether it be Metz, uh, Meltzer, whether it be Sean Rossap, you know, all these different places, Punk was originally supposed to be a part of the announcement for Collision for upfronts uh, upfronts for Warner Brothers Discovery. As as we found out, Collision was announced officially yesterday before AEW Dynamite and. Suspiciously, CM Punk's name wasn't on there. And, you know, the way that they kept his initial uh, entry into AEW it was the worst kept secret. Everybody kind of figured, oh, okay, they're just kind of keeping this. Well, as the day goes along, more and more rumors come out. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to be a part of it. He wanted a steal his buddy, who allegedly threw a chair at members of the elite during Brawl Out to come There back. also was a rogue TNT press release that went out, Warner press release, that included his name, that was then rescinded, and they said, "Oh no, no, he has no no association with Collision." So, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, thank you, thank you for, for for filling that in. Um, so apparently, he thought that a steel was going to be a part of this. Since uh, AEW, uh, there were rumors that a steel was going to be a part, but not going to be allowed at the live tapings. Um, now, the latest report I have seen is that um, Ace is no longer going to be a part of anything. He is not coming back to AEW. This somehow upset Punk, and now they're into some renegotiations again about him, collision, and whatever the heck is going to happen going forward. Do I have all that correct? Did I did yeah. I get all that? All that is correct. I guess a couple other things that reportedly Ace was rehired a couple months ago, but he's not allowed on the road. So there's that aspect also. Meltzer also reports that promotional material was made that included Punk. They had to rescind that. Punk on Instagram because he has too much free time, I guess, and went off on reporters, Brian Alvarez being the key culprit there. So that is the latest in CM Punk this week in CM Punk. Okay. So <laughs> is any of this, is this just a work? Do we believe that the drama that exists, is this a work? Is it going to turn into a shoot? Do we believe this latest drama or is AEW actually just trying to make this the worst kept secret and try to run this back the way they did with the first dance when he debuted on Rampage well over a year ago at this point? So I'm a little torn. So part of me wants to give them the benefit of the doubt. We know that he's coming back. We know they've booked the United Center, which they did not announce last night. They announced all the other collision locations. But the first one, they're like, yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. 
we know all that. So instead of ruining the surprise, maybe this is a way to be like, uh-oh, maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe he's not going to be there. Maybe we're actually not going to see CM Punk return, and therefore it's a surprise on June 17th, and here we go. But there's just been so much drama, and he has so many childish antics to the point where I said to a buddy this weekend, I know I'm setting myself up for disappointment, but I'm starting to get excited for that CM Punk return. I did not expect to be hurt before we even got to the actual return. So I'm going to say no, probably not a work at this point. No, I, I, I'm with you. And the reason why I'm with you is because the the whole Tony Khan element of this is weird. So he has this big announcement on Dynamite last week. The big announcement is next week we've got an announcement. <laughs> And then they have upfronts and collision is announced at upfronts. It's not announced as part of dynamite. So he still comes on dynamite and doesn't really have an announcement, you know, nope. just kind of. <laughs> so I think that CM Punk and Chicago United Center was supposed to be that first announcement because, again, that's the worst kept secret. Everybody knows it's mm-hmm. going to be at the UC on June 17th. And clearly the thought process being CM Punk is going to be behind it. My my thought is ultimately they're going to work this out. Whatever is going on with Ace Steel, which by the way, I saw Kaz tweet this out uh, earlier that no matter how any of this plays out, like CM Punk's in the homie Hall of Fame because like he sticks <laughs> up for his guys like you would not believe, and yes. for whatever reason has decided that Ace Steel is worth more drama. Um, so my guess is ultimately maybe this caught CM Punk by surprise. They just kind of had to take a step back and ultimately it's all going to be fine. And next week we're going to find out that Punk's back. He's going to be there on June 17th. And then we all have to cross our fingers that we can last a month with any more drama coming out. Well, we hope it's a work, right guys? Yes. Yeah. yeah we we hope. hope it's a work because you remember the last time, you know, at the United Center, I was there. Everybody knew it was the worst kept secret in the business that CM Punk was going to be uh, in AEW. So the hope is, is that this is all a work. And this is a work. Clearly, CM Punk doesn't care about wrestling media because he continues to just badger Brian Alvarez, right? <laughs> so so when Punk does come back, he won't have many friends in the wrestling media. He doesn't really care about that. The whole Ace Steel thing is interesting, too. I don't know why that has to be a deal breaker. Um, right. He, he's in the company, but yet not in the company. Like he's on the payroll, but not around. Look, at some point, Tony Khan just has to be an executive and a grown up in this situation. Right. Uh, uh, here's a, a different angle that we have not talked about. Does AEW guys really need CM Punk? Do they need them for this this Saturday show? Yes. They already have stars. I remember I remember I was about I don't know. Two years old when I saw C- the AEW become a juggernaut without CM Punk before he came to AEW. So that's the thing. If it weren't for this Saturday show, I would say no. They can move on without him. The numbers haven't been great this summer, and you can blame the NBA and the NHL. They haven't been what they were with Punk, but I think they can work through that. You added a show where he's supposed to be the centerpiece, and you look at who they're promoting as the stars of that show. Miro, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, FDR. No offense. Andrade. Andrade, yes. So basically, it's the timeout show. If you're upset, if you're pissed off, hey, you can work the Saturday show. But that group on a Saturday night in the fall with college football, on a Saturday night when there's a big WWE premium live event, not really getting numbers. Like they need CM Punk because of this extra show, because of an extra two hours of live TV they now have to produce. 
and I keep seeing different things about whether or not they're actually going to do a brand split. If people are just going to kind of float, I, I doubt they come up with another world championship. My guess is they still have just the one. And, and depending upon storylines, my guess is you could be on, on Wednesdays or Fridays. Maybe you have a typical show you're on, but then everything, you know, just is, is kind of fluid the way it's been kind of for the WWE prior to this latest draft that they had where everything's kind of fluid. You can float back and forth, but if they're launching this show in order for it to be successful, I think they need CM Punk. I'm with Brian. I think they need CM Punk for this second show to have any short sort of shot at success. I mean, what, what's going to be successful for this? 600,000? Are we talking yeah. NXT Tuesday night numbers? Right. Like what? What is Warner Brothers Discovery going to deem successful? If they have CM Punk, they can get to me five to 600,000 people on a Saturday night. Or, I, I mean, I don't know how much DVR and that factors into right. the Nielsen ratings of, of how quickly you have to watch it post-show. But if CM Punk is a part of that show, he's going. we know he draws eyeballs. Like He, he draws eyeballs, and I, I think they need him. They don't have enough star power to me to put five hours of wrestling together you know when we talk about ratings we only talk about what the ratings in north america that's all we talk about and that's yeah. in television ratings we don't talk about how well they're doing in streaming which is pretty well as a matter of fact rampage does better on dvrs than it does live and <laughs> right. you can understand why well, right the odd, the odd 5 p.m central start or the <laughs> odd 10 or 11 o'clock start so apparently another weird one tomorrow yeah 6 30 yeah. eastern tomorrow uh set your dvrs I'll be watching live the way God the way God wanted it. Um, <laughs> the, way, the way the good Lord intended. Rampage live. The way, the way God wanted it. Watch live, damn it. Watch JR at 530. That's not happening. But but you know, but guys, um, I mean, it's all encompassing. It's like what we talked about before. If Warner says, I want you to have two hours on Saturdays, and we'll get into what collision in should entail. Mm -hmm. Man, you just have to take it. You just have to be smart with it. CM mm -hmm. Punk, if if they need him that much, then I'll tell you what. Then they should use him the way they, they should have used him at the beginning, and that is sparingly. He doesn't have to take on Lee Moriarty on a random <laughs> Saturday. You, we don't need Punk in the ring. We need Punk to talk us into the building or talk us to the TV show. He's going to have a pipe bomb. Look out. He's going to talk about the, you know what's happening in the back. Look out! It's going to be a shoot. You got to see it when you know when it appears on Saturday. You got that's what it's about. And then down the line, it sets up for a pay per view. Down the line, it sets up for a big event. They misused yeah. him early. I understand it was a big contract, but as Jim Ross told me, keep Paul special. If you keep him special, it'll be good. They didn't keep him special. He was right. wrestling, you know, just random rampages. That's well, not good. Yes, yeah, because he's a junkie, man. Like he he hadn't had a taste of pro wrestling in. You know what? Seven years, what, oh, yeah. whatever it was, nine years, whatever it was, from him being gone in in WWE to reappearing in AEW. Like the dude, we know how much he loves pro wrestling. He just got a taste for it. He's like, oh, I can wrestle Lita Moriarty on a Friday night. Yeah, let's do it. Why no. not? And no. like they, they just he he went too hard too fast. Like the way he should be wrestling as much as MJF wrestles. Like MJF yeah. hardly ever wrestles and it's fine. Like yeah. it's fine because you still have MJF on TV. Like MJF didn't say a word this week on dynamite and he was used perfectly fine. Like I was fine with the way it all ended up playing out. Cause he's just pissed off in the back and you can use punk in backstage segments. You can have him cutting promos. Like you said, like he can still have a tremendous value without him wrestling with Danhausen and some weird tag team match on the house rules circuits.
<laughs> I'd sign up for that tag match. But like, <laughs> do they need to like just change their mindset? Like we talked about it a lot when it came to Punk's health. Like, are you gonna get two main events out of him? Are you gonna get Wembley and All Out? Do they need to look at it and say, hey, Wembley's happening? I know we're selling tickets. Let's give the fans something. Let's give them what ultimately will probably be Punk for Jericho, and then be done with him. Like, does that just need to be the Tony Khan mindset at this point? Like, just get to Wembley, and then it's like, all right, we got to move on. So I don't, I mean, I'm assuming what, his original contract was probably three years? Yeah. So I think they're trying to get, because for the longest time, it's like, okay, are they going to cut him? Oh, they don't want to cut him because maybe he goes to WWE. It seems like to me that Tony Khan, and again, this is just a complete guess, but with all the other talent that they have, it's a pretty bloated roster. We've talked about that. I don't know how much he's spending on talent, but it seems like a lot. And it seems with the, the number of talent, again, Miro hasn't been on television forever. Andrade hasn't been on television in forever. And we're finally going to get a taste of these guys, hopefully in with collision and more of these guys that, you know, don't get a lot of TV Tim on Wednesdays are going to have that opportunity on Saturdays. It's a pretty bloated roster. So when you have a bloated roster and then you have probably your highest paid guy, I don't think he Tony Khan wants to just pay Punk to go away. I don't think he just wants to pay him to sit on the shelf. So I think Tony Khan came to the realization of, okay, if I'm spending X amount on Punk, I better find a way to use him, especially if I have these aspirations of doing a show in Wembley, having a Saturday show. He can be an asset to me if we can figure this out. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to figure out the drama. And hopefully they, I still have hope that they can still somehow figure it out and everybody can be happy and he can draw and fans can connect with CM Punk once again. Cause again, I'm, I'm still excited. Like despite all this drama, I'm an idiot who's excited for CM Punk to come back and getting my hopes up that they're going to be able to tell fun, meaningful stories the way that they were able to before brawl out. He just seems very pissy. And yes. I, maybe and maybe that's by design. I mean, he's called himself like Mean Phil or gave himself a nickname, like his other uh, persona. Well, that's someone. the thing. He's like self-aware about it all, and he just yeah. still can't help himself. But that's the weird part. Like, you mentioned Dan Housen. Like, Dan Housen has put on social that like Punk checks on him like weekly since he got hurt at the pay-per-view. Like, he calls and checks on him. He bought him like comic book. And I've talked to people that have worked with CM Punk on in the MMA world. They're like... I don't get it. Like, I always hear him being an asshole. Like, he's one of the nicest people I ever worked with. Like, it's just very weird, the dynamic. Like, he's super loyal, like you said, to A-Steel. But then you have the other side of it also where it's self-sabotage. Like, just yeah. don't go on Instagram. And we have this billion-dollar deal reportedly set, and you're going to be a big star again. I, I wonder if part of that with UFC was he he wanted to learn. He wanted to give it sure. a shot. He doesn't know. Like, But he thinks he knows everything there is to know about professional wrestling. You know, like he just ask him, he's going to tell you like he thinks that his ideas are the best. He thinks that whatever he's doing is going to be the best. And, and it, it seems that whenever it comes to professional wrestling, it's punk's way or the highway. And maybe he needs to open up a, a, for that a, just a little bit. I was uh, I got into a YouTube deep dive of CM Punk as WWE champion. Some of those promos with people power, John Laurinaitis. <laughs> Uh, boy, bad television. Uh, but but it was the only the redeeming part is watching CM Punk in inter his right. interaction with him, uh, CM Punk's interaction with Triple H. I just kind of just went through a deep dive, and it's like, you know, when CM Punk was WWE champion, I'm sure as we know, he went through that same issues with people in the back, and it, it's kind of like our industry, right? When the light goes on, all three of us are having fun. Mm -hmm. It's when the mm -hmm. light goes off 
where there are people are questioning and pulling you from different directions. The most fun thing for punk probably is just to be able to be in the ring and talk, but it's when the lights go out, the drama in the back. And so um, he's not the greatest teammate uh, to everybody. There's certain people that don't like him that don't want him there. Like the elite, they don't want him around, but then there's the Dan Housens and the young people in the women's division that really appreciate when he's in the back to give them some advice. It's, um, it's quite a, a slippery sword, but I mean, CM Punk, does he mean something to, to AEW? Yes. But I think he means something to AEW because we don't know what he's going to do next. I think the unpredictability is the thing, is the selling point more so than him in the ring for me. Yeah, but that's the well, thing. Like, Punk is one of those guys who's a top level talent, so you put up with more from him. Like, we see it in sports all the time. Like, in the famous like Jimmy Johnson quote where he cut a guy for sleeping in a meeting, they said, Well, what if it was Michael Irvin? He goes, Well, I go wake him up. Like, that's what Punk is. This isn't just some rando. Like, he is a star, and they're going to put up with stuff. Will Punk, for lack of a better term, play out his contract with AEW? Yes. Yes, he will. Yes. <laughs> but he's got to take on Jericho and uh, see the lights at Wembley first. Well, here's a, will he play it out on TV? Oh, he's no, going to say something. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can see him being there for the duration of the contract, but I don't know if he's going to do enough on TV or because so, he might be in timeout again. So my question, Gabe, is does he show up at the United Center? Because you know if he doesn't, there's going to be a whole bunch of CM Punk chance. People will travel to see this uh-huh. event, this oh, first yeah. collision. So you, you, If he's not there, you have to cancel June 17th. Mike, if, <laughs> if he's not there, turns out <laughs> Collision doesn't debut on June 17th and debuts <laughs> on June 24th. You're not turning away 20,000 people. No, yeah. Are, yeah. Punk, like, can you imagine how, like, you can, uh, you cannot. Chicago is the, Chicago, I mean, and I know they did Daly's Place in Jacksonville was such a, a, a great place for them during the pandemic. Yeah. Home base for AEW is Chicago. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. Like, home base is Chicago. They have Flag, the flagship event there each and every year. When they have to have a tough show, oh, we'll go to Chicago because we know it draws. Oh, we're going to announce the first ever AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. Sells out in Chicago before you announce the damn match. You cannot, I repeat, cannot show up in Chicago on June 17th without CM Punk, without pissing off the biggest fan base that you have. If, if you show up June 17th, Good luck getting a big old crowd for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and having a hot crowd for that show that people are going to want to watch. Like You cannot piss off the people of Chicago. Well, it's not a coincidence. They have not been back to Chicago since Brawl Out. Like, they have not run Chicago with CM Punk in timeout. I don't think that's a coincidence. They well, were there the Wednesday. They were there the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But that was like Punk yes. was still around, wasn't he? No, that was after Brawl Out, because Brawl Out would have been September, and that oh, was okay. November. All right. That was the card where Jericho and EC main evented, right? Yeah, I believe that's the case. The yes. bleeding chest from the chops? Yes, I believe it was that. Which yeah, we that card. Jen last night, by the way. <laughs> Jericho's chest is just ripe for bleeding with chops. I don't understand. That was Moxley also with the opening promo, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Okay. I think that's what it was. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it would be very difficult to run Chicago and Punk's not there. So this is why, to answer your question, is it a work? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Well, you work it long enough, it becomes a shoot. All right, what do we have? 
In the other three count, it's, well, the other top three stories of the world of professional wrestling. Again, one, two, three. We start with the three count. What do we have at number one, Brian? The WWE.com today released their top 20 WWE debuts of all time. Top five coming at number five, Brock Lesnar in 2002. Number four, Ronda Rousey in 2018. Number three, Goldberg in 03. Number two, Kane in 97. And number one, top in the list, 2012, The Shield. What is the top WWE debut of all time? They had already with the face. You, you look very confused, Jay Hood. The Shield. Number one. It's so bad. And they all, why, and why is that? Because Seth Rollins is about to be, you know, WWE number two heavyweight champion. That's is only, he, though? And we saw, well, we saw the vignettes. Yeah. So, and very well done, by the way. Very well done by WWE. I, I love the fact that you had a sit down with Seth, which is good. That's part one of two, apparently. And then the JD McDonough thing, like that's what reels you in. The personality pieces, right? But the McDonough thing was done after we saw him on TV. Yeah, weird. which was weird. Like <laughs> we did that before the battle royal, if you're trying to introduce us. I yeah. Understand that. That. yeah. But I liked it though. I mean, yes. before it used to be music videos, unlicensed music videos, music you're not supposed to use, and just, hey, the boys are back in town, da -da 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 -da. like, and, and do like a three minute like video of a wrestler. But um, but yeah, so I just thought that was strange. Like the Shield, as much as I love the Shield, and I am a huge Shield mark. I will, I will, I still have my Shield T-shirt. Like I, you know, have my Shield nightlight that I go to bed to every night. I love the Shield. <laughs> That's not right. True. That, 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 that that part's not true. <laughs> but I love the Shield. Their debut. <laughs> was very confusing because if you remember the debut came when CM Punk, when Phil Brooks was going up against feed me more. Um, what's his name? The, the big Ryback. old meathead Ryback. Ryback. Yeah. Ryback. And they oh came, they showed up and they beat the crap out of Ryback. And I'm going, I didn't watch NXT at the time. Right. Like it was, and it was like, it, it's not like it was now, you know, you had to dig for it and everyone's going, I'm, who are these guys? And Michael Cole's like, oh, it's these guys from NXT. And like, okay. And they ended up being really cool. Like, it was awesome. Like, the group ended up being one of the most successful factions in WWE history. But their debut, like, that wasn't bigger than Kane. Like, Kane, seeing Kane as a kid, the way they had built up that storyline, and then when he shows up and you just hear, oh, that's got to be Kane. Like, that, they actually built toward it. You know, like, the Shield eventually became, like, to me, that's hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, the Shield debut wasn't actually cool. It was three dudes who showed up in Archer tactile necks trying to powerbomb Ryback through the announcer table. It's not the Shield. It, but it's not the shield. No. And and, and uh, any list that has a top five like that didn't have the Undertaker, then I'm not listening to that list. I don't want to hear Taker, it. so they did twenty-five. Usually they just do top ten for these videos. They did twenty-five. Undertaker was way back there. Taker was like 13, 14, something like that. Okay. Well the reason well, I saw it is Jericho retweeted it saying hold my beer because he was what, like number ten on the list. Yeah. I was I was there for that. That was Chicago. That was the All State Arena. It, like, you know, that was an awesome one. Like, you have such a buildup. You have him right away with The Rock. Like, that one's got to be higher. I know he doesn't you, work there, so that's probably part of it, but come on. You've been wrestling down south with guys <laughs> named Hooventude. Well, and then what, again, like, Jericho, it, what's wild is they started him with The Rock, and then he almost flamed out of WWE. Like, it took him six to eight months to really kind of, you know, grab on with the, with the audience even after that great – and it was a great debut. You know, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Rock. Like, held his own on the microphone with The Rock, which 
at that time in the nine in the late nineties, like dude should have been over right away. Um, I, I'd have Jericho up there for me. Kane is another one that I would put up there for me. I, it, it, this one made the, I wonder if this one would have been higher if they didn't screw up the, <laughs> the camera of it. And that's AJ Styles. Like AJ Styles, the fact that the camera was on Roman Reigns going, Oh, who is that? What's going on over there? Like squinting when he takes off the hood and you hear this loud pop because everybody knew who AJ Styles was at that point. Like that, that was, had they not screwed that up much like they screwed up edge spearing everyone when he initially came back, whatever, whatever it is about guys making debuts and re debuts at the rumble WWE, not being able to figure out camera angles is beyond me, but yeah, I get to uh, see everything 20 different times. Like, yeah. AJ, AJ styles would be up there for me because that was a legitimate surprise that they did a very good job of keeping the lid on, even though everybody knew everyone in the world had interest in AJ styles. Yeah. Um, so going through that list again, I mean, I'm just trying to find something that's bigger than the Undertaker, and I'm, I'm as close to me as Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that that was a, an incredible debut. That was with Paul Heyman, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. With him as his manager. But that's another one. Like, is it like we're playing the result there? Like, yes, he's a big deal, but like we're not really watching OBW. Like, it's just yeah, it's a big deal down the line. But that night wasn't that big of a deal. I don't remember I, that being. I just deal. never seen anyone look like that before. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I guess we're used to it now. I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, yeah. he, where his, his muscles have muscles, his traps have traps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, like it was like oh oh my god, like the next big thing. And that and during that time, uh, for SmackDown, they needed something, right? Because you're. you're you're trying to get post Austin, post Rock, right. and you needed something, and so I just think that. But on this, uh, to me, the Undertaker is at, for that to be down the line. I think is just typical WWE. They're just pushing Seth Rollins because he's probably going to be the next champion. It's like all oh, that, and they're showing Shield footage with Dean Ambrose. Right. Uh, so, so you know that that's what that's all about. That's just revisionist history. And um, and for the Undertaker to come down, and I remember him in WCW as Mean Mark Callis, and I'm like, man, he's walking really slow. And he was led by Brother Love. He was yep. the manager, and it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. Another gimmick, and it ends up being the greatest gimmick of all time. Yeah, surprised the gobbledygook was not, uh, mm. you know, on the list. You know, hatching out of the egg. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. In WWE, I mean, that's the kind of stuff they love. That's when you know Vince's hands are off. Where's the goddamn gobbledygooker? Where's Hector Guerrero? They should have put him over Jericho if Vince was making the list. <laughs> That's right. Can't acknowledge Jericho. He left us. You know, we don't know who that guy is. Well, I was surprised they put Sting on the list. Like, Sting made the top 25. I didn't like that either. That I, that whole thing with Sting in WWE was so bad. But I but I think Horrible. you're playing. I think. But again, I think you're playing the result. Yeah. The I initial agree. night when Sting showed up and gave the Stor Scorpion Death Drop to Triple H, like that was legitimately surprising to me. Now, him losing to Triple H at WrestleMania, not surprising, right. <laughs> because of course he was going to lose that. Because of course they were going to squander that opportunity, and then of course like run just the oldest members of like NWO and DX because they were pushing the Monday night wars doc on the old WWE network. Like the whole thing was terrible, but the initial night he showed up was cool and awesome. I will stand by that initial night, even no, though I the rest of that. it sucked. Like the way they did it, like with the statue thing. Cause it was one of those like, Whoa, we're seeing sting in a WWE ring. Like 
that is something that you didn't, never expected to see. So I think the debut, just focusing on that, was definitely a hit. There's that. All right. <laughs> Goldberg Goldberg being in the top five is also BS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, was there ever I, a time? Was there ever a time Goldberg in WWE made you excited? Go no, and, and and here's the reason why for that. So <laughs> when WWE purchased WCW, guys. A lot of those old veterans are like, I'm not coming to work. I'm still getting paid by Turner. <laughs> I mean, that that whole thing where the invasion angle is supposed to happen, it was just horrible because, like, Nash, Hogan, those guys, they weren't coming in initially. Like, we're still getting paid. So, no, right. whether we come to work or not, we're still getting paid. So that whole thing where you got Booker T, which, thank goodness for him, he was the best of them. He was the best of them. Goldberg, yep. um, you know, had some matches and of course, we see what he is toward the end here. He's looking for like uh, one of these Ric Flair goodbye matches now in 2023. <laughs> but I mean, that's the whole thing. All those guys, and then of course that roster was thin. Like nobody wanted yeah. like, I, I, you know, the, some of those wrestlers that are at the end in WCW under Vince Russo. So that's that's one of the reasons why when Goldberg's there, I was like, ah, oh, great. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. What What do we have at number two? Next Saturday night on Peacock, 1 o'clock Eastern, every night of champions. Two of the three main events on the show have been set this past week. Seth Rollins takes on AJ Styles for the new WWE World Heavyweight title. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defend the undisputed tag team titles against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. So, guys, what's more likely at night of champions? AJ wins the world title or Roman and Solo win the tag title? I think there's a legitimate chance that AJ wins the world title. Because I, I'm... The the only question I have, because this is supposed to be, Triple H presented this championship as one that's going to be defended all the time. Champion's always going to be present. He's always going to be there. He's going to fight for you. And I, I'm, I'm ruining news and notes later in the show, but where did Seth Rollins show up this week? On the set of the new Captain America movie. <laughs> this dude's part of the MCU. Like, cross, cross it off roads. Go ahead. <laughs> So I think there's, I still think there's a legitimate chance that AJ Styles still ends up being the champion just because if there ends up being like conflicts initially that, you know, Seth Rollins can't show up because he's, he's going to be a part of the new Captain America movie. I don't know what his role is. They're, they're keeping a very tight lid on it, but he was seen in Atlanta. He apparently he was can't... wearing part of the Serpent Society. He was wearing their gear. Okay. Reports. So what if he can't show up for a Monday night raw after I was guaranteed that he was going to be there? Like to me. So I think there's a legitimate chance that AJ Styles walks out with the world title, uh, night of champions. Okay. Or, so excuse me. Afternoon of champions. Yes. Right. <laughs> it is afternoon of champions. Right. So at Saudi mania, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, so this is, and I think for our listeners, we should they should already know this, but it has to be said out loud in a loud, clear voice. This is a Saudi Arabia house show. That's what this what? is. It's a Saudi Arabia house show. Why? Because the world's heavyweight champion is in a tag match with Solo Sokoa. It does advance the storyline, yes. It does. Of the bloodline. I get that. But You mean, did that determine who was winning that IC title battle royal Monday? Did that have a hand in that at all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes to that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. By the way, the crowd goes mild. They had fireworks and everything to try to what? pump Ali. And like, Greensboro was like, mild. nope. 
<laughs> nope, we're good. Nope. I mean, think about it. They gave him pyro. Yes. Ali, can you believe this, Graves? It's Ali. He's going to take on Guther. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Dude, I think Dolph Ziggler has a more recent victory than Mustafa Ali. Like, it's... Anyway. Like, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, I would agree with Gabe. Gabe is correct. Like, if, if you're trying to play a result between those two, Roman Reigns is solo as the tag team champions. Why? So Raymond, so Roman won't be there for that either. So keep the <laughs> keep the tag team titles on ice too. No, no. If anything's gonna happen, it'd be be AJ Styles. The answer is neither. But if I'm gonna pick one, it'd be AJ. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you think about the belts. Like you want to think they're not dumb enough to also give Roman the tag titles, and then be like. Oh crap, we don't have tag titles now. But also, there's the fact they don't really care about them. So would they really miss the tag titles if they weren't on TV every week? Their their love of what the promo material would be of Roman Reigns with four championships. <laughs> with Paul Heyman with four championships. Might outweigh, you know, keeping them actually relevant. Right. Like there's they I, I would not put it past them to put this on. So I'm assuming that the Usos interfere and somehow either cost Roman or they turn on Roman. Somehow the Usos are going to get involved in this. And that's going to be the reason we see KO and Sammy retain. But I think it's, I mean, again, I, I'm just picturing the social media picture of like, him having, you know, <laughs> two two championships on each arm as he's just got them spread out. And Paul Heyman just, you know, holding his red phone in the background. I don't know. I know. I, I, I've got to have to – since we're a wrestling podcast, I've got to buy some championships and have them displayed. Because what <laughs> I want to do – if I wish I had four championships, because I would show you what it would look like with Paul Heyman holding four championships. Yeah, <laughs> falling, I mean, tipping over. Falling like... to the ground, dying. <laughs> what four championships? My tribal chief, this is too heavy. <laughs> I, I would love to see, because that's what I need, the props to show you guys how ridiculous that would be of him right. holding four championships. And him still, and then Roman still asking for the mic. And then you could also gimmick it that Solo doesn't actually want to carry his belt, so Paul's got to carry those also, oh. so you put six on him. <laughs> He's got two on the neck, so he can't see, right? He's got two right in front of his face, and then two on each shoulder. And now do a promo, Paul. Right. <laughs> With all six champions. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am going to have a coronary because this is too heavy on my chest. So, but that's the thing for me though if i had to pick one way i think it is the tag titles because i think they can advance the story a little bit better with that and the uso is just being jealous and stretching that out even more and because they don't really care about the belts like ko and sammy are entertaining they're going to do their thing no matter what so to them it's like ah, oh, whatever if they're not on tv we don't really care like, yeah, I, yeah wrestling yeah i know that's a whole different podcast about how tag team wrestling's in the mud that just that that bothers me a lot, guys. It bothers me. Yes, would that good be, be good for the storyline? Yes. Um, it's just like, hey, we won the tag team championships. What about you, Jimmy and Jay? What's wrong right. with you guys? You know, I got I got it done. How come you didn't get like I could see that, but that just sucks for the audience. Again, not having good tag team wrestling bothers me. But again, WWE hasn't really cared about tag team wrestling for a long, long time. I get it. You, you get Lucha Bros versus Claudio and Wheeler on Dynamite next week. I like that. 
I like yeah, that. I, well, I I will say that AEW puts together good matches, good tag team matches. I don't know if they care about tag team wrestling. Right. Uh, like they're not they're not telling they're not telling meaningful stories with their tag team division. They're putting together quality matches. I know it's hard to believe, guys, but there was a time there was a a I'm in San Antonio. Just the tag team championship matches were at the top of the card. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you were tag in, in Australia, was big for tag teams. They love tag team wrestling. Like so, I I just miss it because you can tell so many different stories. It's four guys. Mm-hmm. Ta- I mean, one-on-one, you see almost every finish there is, right? Tag team wrestling, there's so many ways to go around it and, for- and different options to be able to get to a finish. And I just think, that, you know, it's just a waste. It really is. Tag team wrestling's in the mud. Yeah. <sighs> I still think, I'm, you know what, I'm going to say AJ Styles wins it. They're not going to put right. it on Seth. I'm going to wow. say, I'm going to, I'm going to say AJ wins it. All this hype. For Seth, boy, Seth will really be pissed off then. He's like, I've done, I've carried the company without Roman. It's been me, and I still can't win this tertiary or this secondary championship. Oh man, my champion, my champion is Gunther. That's my guy. Does AJ take the the Good Brothers with him to Raw if he wins the titles? How does that work? Nah, they can stay. Okay, big spot for them coming out to hug AJ at the end of SmackDown. I can't stand them. <laughs> There's, uh, they, 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 I mean, they smell like impact. <laughs> Seriously, like, like when, how many wrestlers have we seen where it's just like, oh, that guy again, oh, that lady again, like it, they, those two just don't move me at all. It Luckily, just, you barely don't. see them. It's okay. You don't, you oh. don't see them much. If he wants, and, if he wants to bring Mia Young with him, I'd be cool with that, just because, like. So when she wrestled at the house show that I went to a couple months ago here in Milwaukee, like she was really good. Like yes. if you want to bring her along, you know, have cool. But yeah, I'm, do whatever you want with the good brothers. I could take them or leave them. And yeah, I like, I like, actually leave them. I just, I just, I, they just don't do anything for me, man. It's just like it, it is an NWO tribute act or bullet club tribute. Yeah, act. It's a bullet. Yeah. It's a bullet club. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an it's a new Japan Pro Wrestling Bullet Club that was over a decade ago at this point. I just don't and Carl Anderson can go by the way. I think he's mm-hmm. fantastic. I just I just don't get Festus. I mean the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Festus. Number three, Brian. Announced yesterday at the WBD upfront AEW collision will debut Saturday, June 17th. Stars headlining the show include Miro, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Andrade. The champions will reportedly be on both shows. The United Center reported to host the first one, but that was not announced last night. Who could say? We'll we'll find out next week. So, guys, what does AEW have to do to make Collision must-watch? Well, so if Powerhouse Hobbs, does that mean he's leaving QTV? Is he leaving leaving all those people behind? They're staying on Wednesday. He's going to Saturday. Or is that just me with wishful thinking? Um, What's Matt Schiavone going to do without him? People don't know that's Tony's kid in there. That's Tony Giovanni's son that's in those QTV videos. What's Matt Giovanni going to do? I had no idea, Jay Hood. I had no idea that's who that yeah, yeah, it's Tony's kid. He's a producer back there. Yeah. Um, They need to not make it Rampage. 
and Rampage is, and and we say this every week. Like, if you want to watch a couple of good matches, go ahead. Like, they're, they're, they just try to jam so much into Rampage. And if, if you go on a Wednesday night and watch a taping of Rampage, like it ends up being fine. Like, they the, the first match is really good, the last match is really good. You have a good time, but I, they're not really pushing any sort of stories outside of a couple of weeks ago when they did. Again, went back to an old gimmick with the you know firm deletion match that they did a couple of weeks ago on Rampage. But they're not really pushing stories. It's just you can have a couple of matches. It's a way to have Mark Henry on TV to have him deliver the one line that he delivers. <laughs> um, make it not that. If if you make the storylines, if, if it ends up being where you watch Wednesday night and you hadn't watched what happened on Saturday, if you find a way to connect those two shows, that's what makes it must-watch. It makes you don't want to miss what's on Saturday because then you're not up to date. You don't know what's going on on Wednesday. So on the upfronts, when we first saw the Saturday night uh, collision logo, I was like, oh, God, it looks like Nitro. No, 100%. Yeah, because you want to remind the audience – Hey, this is uh, reminiscent of the failed brand in the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> at least it wasn't a Thunder logo. I mean, Nitro had some success, at least. I mean, it just all of it was a failure at, at some point. And Eric Bischoff would tell you none of it was his fault. It was all Kevin Sullivan. Oh, so course. that's fine. So, okay. So my game plan for Collision, if I was given the book, is this. I'd, and I would never get it because Tony Khan would never give it to me or anyone else. I'd say, okay, so we talked about the importance of CM Punk, right? So I think it's a work. I think eventually he's going to be on that show. All right, good. The game plan would be that Saturday and Wednesday must connect. So that means, like, Rampage are just, we just talked about it, right? Just ancillary, just throwaway matches. Decent matches. They're not bad matches, but they don't connect to the Wednesday storyline. And it doesn't connect to the pay-per-view. So we go back to history, right? I really believe that the first month of um, of collision should start with the main stars. That should be it. Like, hey, it's hot. Look at MJF's here, and all the champions are here. These are hot matches. Britt Baker, Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah. So it feels different. But this should be this show on Saturday should be the contenders for Wardlow, FTR, and Orange Cassidy. The contenders. They really need to stand out because if you've got the champions and the stars, so to speak. On one show on Wednesday, Saturday has to be all these guys that don't get an opportunity on Wednesdays, meaning that I don't need to see the champions unless it's a special championship match. You don't need to see them in the ring. That means that the the middle to the bottom part of that card needs to be on Saturday nights to show what they can do. You're building up contenders that way because this is a contender show to me. And then those guys go over to Wednesday, and now it's like, oh, yeah, I saw those guys on Saturday. Yep, this guy's ready to take on FTR, or this guy's you know, ready to take on Jade Card, whatever it is, right? But those should be contenders that's ready for Wednesdays. If you have the stars on Saturdays and the stars on Wednesdays, you know what that is? That's thunder, and that failed. Yeah. See, oh God! Me, you just you just made me realize that Orange Cassidy is going to defend his championship twice a week now. One hundred percent, yes. Yeah, why not? He's going he's, he's to wrestle on Wednesdays. He's going to he's just going to come out in a body cast at some point. Yeah. Like he's just he's he's Ricky Steamboat. Of course, it's Renee at the pay per view. He offered her a title shot last night. She thought about it. Yeah, she did <laughs> very briefly. Like it was it was a little bit, but the the thought ran through her head. 
But you guys, you, but you guys get my point, right? That yeah. I, yes, you don't, you don't need to have all your top stars on this Saturday show. At some point, you got to build the middle of that card, like Roosh, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like he was very impressive God. on Wednesdays. And he's, by the way, Roosh, he's very impressive every time he's in the ring. Well, it's he needs to, it's a work. Right. Stop <laughs> it! It's a work. Stop hurting people. Stop hurting people. Um, but he's he's, he's but, like Darby Allen, where he's got one speed. But like Darby's small enough that when he runs into you, you know, it's like, no, dude, you're a behemoth. Like you, you keep running into people like this. It's not I good. Mean, he legitimately hurt Jungle Boy yesterday, and because he doesn't know how to stop. I mean, like Roosh, this is a work. Right. Stop. He almost dropped him on his head on that one spot off the apron. I was like, what, what do you mean that? almost? I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, so guys like that need that shine. That's my whole point. And so the only reason why I say that, guys, I saw how Nitro and Thunder worked. Nitro, th- Thunder had the clips from Nitro, all the NWO stuff, right. right? And then they had bullshit matches on Thursday. It's like, well, this is no good. SmackDown's better because it was SmackDown against Thunder back then. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember this on Thursdays, oh, UPN baby program. <laughs> See, I hear what you're saying, and I do think there is something to that. Like, I think back to the Black and Gold NXT where they built everyone up to where you know we talk about Raws after Mania, like that Enzo and Cash debut. Like, that was such a big deal because everyone already knew who they were because of NXT. Mm-hmm. But to me, like, I almost wanted to be a separate brand. I wanted to tell its own stories. And I think back to the WWE when the brand split actually worked. When, you know, you had people saying, like, oh, I want to watch Raw. It's a better show. I want to watch SmackDown. It's a better show. To where I don't need the two of them connecting. You'll have champions float over here and there. But if they're telling their own stories and it has a Samoa Joe, a CM Punk, an FTR, guys we know can go – then I'm interested in that. But isn't part of the reason that WWE succeeded again, when they had the SmackDown six and, and mm-hmm. that they actually had, you know, Paul Heyman in charge of creative. That helps. Yes. Part of the reason it worked is because you had your own champion. You had your own secondary champion. True. Like, so is AEW going to create, I, I don't, I don't see Tony Khan creating a second heavyweight championship. Uh, only if Warner wants it. It's it's amazing these deals, man. Before promote promoters used to just be able to just put the shows out there and they do all the creative. Now television's like, yeah, these are the set wrestlers I want on this show, and this is a set of wrestlers I want on this show, and like they they have not a huge say, but it's a strong suggestion on how to be able to help get ratings. So I just, you know, I I know people look at it as like I'm going to be watching UFC and I'm going to be watching the NBA and the NHL, like they. Wrestling will have its place on Saturday night. You don't turn it down because Warner's paying you for this. So mm-hmm. you just put it out there. But just don't burn out the front-end talent. I but don't think my, that that's important. I don't, you can't do that, bro. It's, you got to get your middle to the bottom of, the, of your roster to get meaningful time on TV on the Saturday show. But from a title standpoint, like if MJF is spending all of June you know, working Dynamite, and that's the angle he's involved in, but then Wardlow's on Saturdays, and that gets all the attention for a month, like the TNT title. And then the next month, MJF's on Saturdays, and you're building up Orange and his title on Wednesdays. Like, I think there are ways around it without having to create a whole new world champion. That's fair. That's fair. But th- those guys can show up, but I don't need them in the ring. That's my whole thing. Yeah, that's fine. You don't, they don't need to because – and when they get in the ring, make it special. Right. That that's my thing because that's that's the problem with this company. This company is not about uh, a lot lot of big time stories, long term storytelling. They're about the action, the quick action, the the banger match, the four or five star match, and then like, okay, what do we do next week? So I just think that, as Roman Reigns said, 
yo, this is going to be filet mignon. This is not fast food. You're going to have to really get invested. I just thought it was the coolest shit he ever said. Because it's true. Like, all of this is filet mignon. You're waiting, right? Like, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. This is what AEW has to do. Slow down. Tell storylines, tell stories on Saturdays that relate to Wednesdays. That's if you have two major shows, Rampage to the side, two major shows, then that will build up to, I think, some really great stories. Yeah, you can't have too much, to me, replay of what happened on Wednesday on Saturday. Like, you have to find a way to connect it. But, like, when you start just – when it becomes a, a highlight show for Dynamite, but the way Thunder did, that's when it starts to fail. Like, and that's where that's where Monday Night Raw loses us so often because they have to fill yes. three hours. Like, Monday Night Raw becomes a Monday Night Raw highlight reel a lot of times in hour three. You're like, oh, here's what you just missed, and here's what you missed earlier in the show. You have to avoid that. Is it wishful thinking on my part that this ends Battle of the Belts? Yes. I think it's official. Like, I thought most people was rumored that, like, Battle of the Belts is done. Unless they just change Rampage every once in a while to that. You don't need the special now. The special, like, hey, special Rampage at 4 o'clock Eastern. It's Battle of the Belts tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think you need Battle of the Belts if you have Collision. That That whole idea was just wrong from the beginning. Like, I understood Battle of the Belts. I understand you want to have your own Saturday Night's Main Event Clash of Champions. Yeah, what a Clash of Champions. They didn't treat it like that. It just, you know, when you tack it on at the end of Rampage, <laughs> it became a two-hour Rampage. Yeah. It, it wasn't special. You know, like, when they had the one-off on a Saturday night, I'm like, okay, got an hour. Turner wants it live. All right, bring the cameras in. We're, you know, we're not paying for it. Go ahead. Turn the lights on. Let's go, right? But when you tacked it on on the back end of a Friday night in in a, a random city in Rhode Island, it's like okay, it's this is not it. This is not as important running, as I thought. Running from ten to midnight <laughs> Eastern, like yeah, yeah. yeah. The other that point of, to your point about the recap packages, like Tony has showed, he has a hard time with the clock and fitting everything in. He doesn't have space to just run recap videos. Like he's jam packing these shows too much, so at least we have that going for everything. That's and and I'm hoping that continues right. by adding two more hours. Again, you've got two more hours of content to fill. They have a deep enough roster; they should be able to do it, especially if CM Punk comes back. Um, but yeah, I, they've got some work to do. I'm I'm curious. I'll be watching on June 24th if CM Punk doesn't show up on the 17th. <laughs> By the way, Bert, you, you talk about some of the talent that needs to have their own brand like NXT. That's why, that's why Ring of Honor is there. Yeah. That's, do that's, they, that's totally do they, separate from everybody else. Do they tell stories on Ring of Honor? They I haven't just, watched it. Or is uh, it just a bunch of matches? The heavyweight championship with Claudio is always a story, but mostly just matches. And okay. again... Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that none of that connects to what could be in a pay-per-view, right? Like, you're giving pay-per-view quality matches anyway in this era. That's what you're doing, right? So, you know, that's the whole thing with ROH. It's its own brand, but at least they got hour and a half, two hours to, you know, have those people work, which is great. I love but it. But they also, you mentioned pay-per-views. We never know when the ROH pay-per-views are. Like, they just popped up like, hey, by the way, in two weeks, come watch us on pay-per-view. Like, huh? That's true. So... <laughs> I guess we I mean, have to look for the, whatever the WWE when they have a show. Just look for Ring of Honor. I guess they, they can tack on show <laughs> that All right, so SummerSlam they'll have one. All right, yeah. good to know. That's right. That's good right. Good to know. Keep your eye out for that in Detroit. What do we got news and notes this week, Brian? 
All right, so our little sad news. Superstar Billy Graham passing away yesterday at the age of 79. The 2004 Hall of Famer debuted in the WWWF in 1975. Three-time world champion. Triple H in his Hall of Fame induction called him the first ever sports entertainer. Okay, so Superstar Billy Graham. So I saw him as a kid in the AWA, and I saw these big, massive arms, and, you know, he would get out there, and he had great charisma. Had to gift the gap, but it's a, it's a very strange era, guys, because in that era, everybody wanted to be uh, Muhammad Ali or Howard Cosell. It was weird, right? Everybody had that gift, like Dusty Rhodes and Superstar Billy Graham and Thunderbolt Patterson. They all talked like Muhammad Ali and just like, you know, w w waving the finger in the camera and trying to rhyme every time that they speak. And I'm going to beat you. I'm going to like all that stuff, right? I'm like, oh, my God. It seems campy today, but everyone wanted to be like Muhammad Ali, and that's who Superstar Billy Graham was. So Graham wins the WWF championship, um, and uh, McMahon Jr., Vince McMahon, thought, oh, this is great. Look how look at this guy. In the, in the dawning of color TV, you could see the tie-dye. You could see, like, his tights. It was colorful, big muscles. And Vince Sr. was like, nope. We need a baby face. We need Bob Backlund. And Vince Jr. is like, what the hell? Really? Look <laughs> at this guy. I mean, he's in magazines. And we've never seen anything quite like that. Like, well, you're talking about Brock Lesnar, right? Same right. thing. Mm -hmm. with Superstar Billy. we never seen anything like this. Look how big he is. No, nope, we need Howdy Doody. We need to have Bob Backlund as the champion. And it, it crushed Graham because he was a short-lived WWF champion. So he kind of lost himself there. Like, Again, filled with steroids. I just retweeted on GKW underscore wrestling, a promo he did, where he actually talks about taking steroids to get ready for a match. At nine nine bottles or whatever he said of anabolic steroids, I'm getting ready for this match. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to beat him. Like, okay, these bad Ali promos, right? So from there, he went to Crockett, went to the NWA, and he was um, karate man Billy Graham, which is he come out to kung fu fighting. He, that was, I mean, you talk about sports entertainment, right? Because he lost it because he was so bad he wasn't champion, so he shaved his head. Everybody is kung fu fighting, and he comes out there, and that was a disaster. Uh, and he, oh, really? Yeah, and he Shock went it. through. Yeah, I mean, it got over with me, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. So, so he goes there, and um, and his body deteriorated bad. I mean, I remember him trying to make his way back to the WWE in the late 80s, and because of the steroids, his body starts breaking down. And I remember this promo. You can find it on YouTube where he's climbing mountains in Paradise Valley, Arizona. I'm coming back. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be. And he never really was the same guy. So from the 70s to, I would say, mid-80s, he was fantastic. Um, his relationship with Vince Jr. was off and on. I remember uh, Graham being on Donahue talking about, how Vince was giving steroids to the wrestlers, and and he and he's the reason why that I'm in this shape. This guy has had nine lives. He should have been. He probably should have been gone in the '90s, guys. But he's been sick for a long time. But he's looking for a liver, I think, this last time, yeah. and so he's got. But you talk about the reason why Hogan is the way he is is because they saw superstar Billy Graham. Same thing with Ric Flair. Ric Flair saw Billy Graham. They wanted to be that guy because he had the charisma. He had the look. And he had five moves, too. He wasn't a great wrestler, but he just looked great. And so, you know, rest in peace, Billy Graham. But he uh, helped so many people back in the day. He put butts in seats, but he never got over losing the WWE Championship so quickly.
And you mentioned those promos. Like, if you watch some of them going through social, like, you see so much of the Hogan, the Flair, I mean, Triple yeah. H, Austin. Like, so it's like, oh, this is where they're working it from. Yeah, yeah I mean. You can but, see a lot but, of that. Yeah. But Vince Jr. saw it, though. He's, I mean, back then, like, mid-'70s, he was like, this is the guy. And Vince just, Vince Sr. is like, nope, we need a clean-cut, you know, crew-top, howdy-doody heavyweight champion that would have terrible promo, Bob Backlund. And so – Vince Vince Jr. didn't like it. Graham didn't like it, but I and and bro, if you can look it up, I think it was maybe three months that he was champion before they switched it. Um, but yeah, it's amazing, great story. But boy, he's been sick for a long time. Yeah. It's amazing he lasted so long because the steroids, right? It just ruined it. It wrecked his body. Some injury updates and news and notes. Bob Orton in an interview with Bill After talking about son Randy says Randy's been training and quote if he feels like he's ready to go back, I think he might. But again, he's pretty well taken care of. I don't think he needs to. And I think doctors have told him not to. Saturday will mark one year since we last saw Orton in the ring. I, I mean, if, if if he doesn't want to, especially if doctors are telling him not to, then he shouldn't. Like, then absolutely shouldn't. And Randy Orton has had an unbelievable career in, in the WWE. But if I am at the point where if doctors are telling you no, like, you shouldn't even contemplate it. Like, why would you even... <laughs> Why would you want to get slapped in the chest that hard by Gunther? That makes no sense. Like, just stay away. So if, if he wants to and he gets medically cleared, that'd be, that would be cool because I think Randy Orton certainly would have some sort of role, some sort of significant role with WWE. But m- much like it is anytime we talk about with a wrestler at this point, it's, it's just not worth it. Like if it, It's not worth any sort of serious, significant injury. If the doctors are telling you no, listen to the doctors. I would agree. But you know how this works. They all come back for one more time. Edge away from for nine nine years, right? Edge, mm-hmm. the bad back, and he, he came back. They always find a way back to the ring. I, I would like to see Randy wrestle one more time, but if he just can't, I mean, similar to Triple H, right? You, the doctor said you can't wrestle. Again. Okay, I'm done. Right. And Randy should be that way too. He should be out there with a white shirt and a tie, breaking up fights if he can. <laughs> Uh, as a retired wrestler. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> you know? think if Randy never gets hurt, is Roman still a champ today? Yes. Yeah. Ro- uh, Randy had his time. And I Didn't feel he? like we were going down that path. He was having so much fun. He was so over. Like, I could have seen them putting the belts on him one last time. My issue with Randy Orton is, is that uh, it's not about him as creative. Similar to the big show, he, he was babyface heel, babyface yeah. heel. That I mean, again, bad Vince booking. Yes. That's the only thing that I had a problem with with Randy is that he just they could not just stick with him. He's clearly a heel. Yes, and and I remember those those stories of, you know, Randy about to go to Gorilla and Vince taking his headphones off, saying, "Hey, remember your baby face? Smile, goddamn, smile!" <laughs> like they do Raquel Rodriguez now, you know, like that kind of thing. She He's wears glasses now, though. I mean, come on, we're good. Oh. oh my God! Thank you Character for being development. Thank you for putting that in news and notes. Yeah. Big development in the world of Raquel Rodriguez. She now wears sunglasses to the ring, along with a big smile, big uh-huh. phony smile. She's a heel. Other injury news: Jamie Hayter has pulled off last night's Dynamite. Sean Ross says the injury is legit, but they did announce last night that she will defend the women's title against Tony Storm at Double or Nothing next Sunday. Um, yeah, so I guess probably something that's just kind of nagging that. Hey, it's not worth going out there in a triple threat match. We can pull you. We can get more heat for this match. Make sure you're rested, ready to go for the big one on 
on uh, Memorial Day weekend. That that that's what that says to me. If the if the injury is legitimate, just kind of something nagging that's not worth aggravating further and putting the pay per view match at risk. Do we get a title switch there if she's not healthy? Maybe. I just feel like they've wasted that title run so much. Like she's in the boat of Wardlow and Stark. She was so over. Fans so wanted her to win the belt, and she's just been an afterthought as a champion so far. Well, because everybody of, thought that she was like going to split from Brits, right. and they never actually did it. Instead, they turned them both babyface. Yeah. So at this point, I think it makes more. I, I would take it off of her. Like I maybe mean, you can heat her up again, but it makes more sense to keep riding with the outsiders and put it on one of them. Yeah, because I feel like it helps the storyline to have one of them as a champion. Yeah. That that thing's getting good now. That mm-hmm. that whole rivalry that's that's really good. Excuse me, the outcasts. I called them the outsiders because we know what you meant. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like their spray paint's green. It's totally different. Yeah, it's if it's if 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 you combined DX and NWO and made them a women's faction. You know, they're they're just a crotch chop away from being the outsiders cast. They could just be (laughs) be NWO and DX. They they bring in Sean Waltman. God help me. Oh. Sean Waltman, it'll be fine. He, he he's the guy. Put him Use in DX, both. Put him in NWO. Everything <laughs> yeah. works out well. It's fine. He's Finally, and there's no sticking with women's wrestling. Medusa on Twitter, not a fan of Trish status, says, "Quote: Trish has set the women back and turned them into a sideshow. After all the work I did to get the women respected and legitimize them as the superstars they are." She also added, "Quote: Trish made room for the Bella Twins and others, but I built the foundation for the four horsewomen." She did add that her she had a long-term plan when she threw the title away. So this is more about like Trish's career as a whole than what's going on right now, right? Like this I seems so. like it's a like and look. I understand and and we had a great conversation. If you happen to miss it, you can go back in our archives and, and listen. You know, you can, we've got it on YouTube. If you listen to podcasts, you can go back and listen to our conversation that we had with Medusa about her book and about her career. It was a great conversation. But like you didn't build the women's division all by yourself. Like Trish Stratus didn't. Like Trish had to go through some shit. Like let's just straight up had to go through some Vince McMahon shit. And she was able to overcome that and then actually have wrestling matches outside of bra and panty matches. Like what her and Lita did, like it was the next step. Like you took it, you took it to a certain point. Yes. Then at some point it kind of took one, a half step, probably even more than that back <laughs> because women weren't taken seriously as wrestlers. And then it, it continued to build forward after that. Like it, I don't think it's a race to see who's the most influential women's wrestler that's gotten women's wrestling to where it is now. I, I, I it's, it's, I, I was surprised to see her tweet that out. Homegirls looking for a payday. Yeah. Book's not enough. No, it's no, it's not <laughs> enough. No, it's not enough because it, as much as I like uh Ducey, I think that, the thing is, like when she was in WWE, there was hardly a women's division. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't have many opponents. It was, it was her and Sherry Martel. That's it. Right. Little Moolah would come in every now and then. Like the Japanese, um, the Jumping Bomb Angels would come in, but that's about it. They, there was no real division. She just wants a payday. You know, the reason why is because she said it right here on Good Karma Wrestling. 
she liked to have not another run, but another like retirement. She was a retirement match, like Flair. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that is. That's all it is. Like she wasn't going to wear brawn panties. She told us that too. Yeah. She was not going to be in that era where Lita and Trish and all those women were taking off their clothes during the Attitude Era. She wasn't going to do it. But okay. she also told us that she understood why those that did had to. Like she understood them saying, "Like okay, this is the only option." She wants a payday. That's all it is. I get it. I, yeah. She wants to be back in the fold and be relevant. That's why she's very active on Twitter. That's why she promoted her book with us with a great interview, with great conversation. Mm-hmm. But Ducey wants to get back and have at least one more run. And I get it. If she's healthy enough, that's fine. Some people just remember her of just throwing the championship in the garbage at WCW. Like, I remember her when she started in the AWA. I mean, she was fantastic against Sherry. But, you know, she's mad because she's uh, not there and Trish is having another run. Right. And and Trish is a fantastic heel. People will remember more. It sounds harsh. But people will remember more of what Trish did than Medusa Michelli did. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, overall, like, I hate that Trish has to take the brunt of this because it was not really just on one person. It was more of the division in which ultimately falls on Vince. I'm glad Trish is getting this run. It looks like Night of Champions will be her and Becky. The reports are it's going to go past that. Like, they might get SummerSlam as well. Like, let her go out there and show what she can do in the ring. Like, I'm glad she gets this moment. What did you boys have for your match of the week? I thought that the Roderick Strong-Jericho match was fantastic in that I did not expect to finish. <laughs> oh. That was a genius. Should've, I have never seen that before. Should have seen it coming, right? Like, he's not allowed <laughs> in the arena. He's banned from inside the arena. So you go outside the arena, and there's Adam Cole. I Shout out to security, a- by the way, holding off the fans and almost body-checking one of the cameramen trying to get through at one point. Dude, those people in Austin, you could tell yeah. they're already fully croizened, drunk. Like, like, come on. Like, they're holding you back. Stop trying to get involved, idiots. I mean, they're holding you back. God almighty. But I didn't expect that finish, and I didn't expect that to be in the Rose Garden where that was, too, in the dirt. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was that was ingenious. And Jericho took the pin. I like that. Shout, shout out to Aubrey for, at one point, counting against the stairwell. <laughs> yeah. One, two, no, no, two. Like, because there was no place for her to be up on that little, like, little shelf that those guys were on. So she's counting on, on the, st- oh, it was fantastic. It's what we would have done as kids. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. The ice cream. Like, they had every part of it. Like, I like that. Uh, I also like that, but I'll throw this out there. Yeah. Is Jericho losing too much? Nope, that's a nope. team player. No, I agree. He is, yep. but like, it, oh, it feels like every feud is him losing. Also, is Sammy Guevara no longer JAS? Why do you say that? Well, because Jericho Appreciation Society was banned from the arena. Guess who wasn't banned from the arena last night? Oh, that is WWE booking right there. I didn't even catch on to that one. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Just he saying. Waiver. He had a guest pass like uh, Heyman had on Monday. That makes it all better. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he's oh. like, there's no J. He's like, I mean, if he's JAS, then he's like Brian Danielson when <laughs> Danielson was wrestling MJF. Like, there's no hint of Blackpool Combat Club anywhere. Like, he's wrestling MJF. There's no hint of Jericho appreciation. <laughs> you don't get our boy, Daddy Magic Matt Menard, at the beginning of his, the epitome 
a sports entertainers. You don't get that at the beginning of his uh, entrance music. It's just Sammy Guevara. And then he like teased a weird face turn with, with Darby Allen last night. Like that was just, I've got, I've got questions about Sammy Guevara and his affiliation with the Jericho appreciation society. He tried, he tried. And that Austin crowd was not having it. No, If if you're going to be that guy, and then you try to say, well, try to appeal to the audience. The audience knows you're a scumbag. <laughs> you just, I mean, for better, for that's what you are. So he's a heel. So this whole babyface thing is not going to work. Also, we talked earlier about Roosh and Jack Perry, which is, I just thought was physical. And Roosh probably should be in the UFC um, because <laughs> wrestling apparently is too soft for him. Um, <laughs> That is the case. Uh, there's a few others, but go ahead. Uh, uh, one more I'll add. The ending was a robot, but Edge, AJ, and Ray on Friday I thought was good. The, the whole Ray-Edge thing at the end was very odd. I'm not really sure what they were trying for there, but I think that was a good match up until that point. Uh, the tag match last night to start the show um, for AEW with um, with Darby Allen teaming up with uh, Orange Cassidy against Big yeah. Bill and Lee Moriarty, like big bill tip of the cap to you, man. He's out there selling his ass off. Like I, I I feel like the man deserves better. Like he's out there selling his ass off. I think he can move. I think he can go hopefully with collision. He starts getting better. And now that he's out of the grasp of the firm, because the firm was deleted, hopefully there are bigger and better things for big bill. But I thought he did a great job selling his ass off last night. Yeah. Uh, uh, Broads, which ones did did you have yours? Yeah, I think the Jericho Roddy and then the Triple Threat, the AJ and Ray. Yeah, so at some point before we get to June 17th, we probably should uh, construct a roster of people that should be on Collision. Big They're Bill's working on it. Them. they got to see who's actually still going to be working there and who wants well, to show up. Like, give well, first, me, it should be give, Big Bill, but he's got to change that name. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah I understand. Bill sucks. Yeah, I understand. Well, it's better than W. Morrissey or whatever the hell they were doing. It's like, Morrissey. Get the W yeah. out of there. You, yeah. You're not a hotel. You're a writer. <laughs> Morrissey. You're not – or an author, W. Morrissey. Like, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? You're not writing a column for the New York, New York Times. You're about to wrestle or, <laughs> freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Good point. Yes. I don't know why, why he was called W. Morrissey. Morrissey's fine. Yeah. But it's like Jim Cornette says, the marquee test, right? What looks good on the marquee? Big Bill or Morrissey? Fills it out more, right? Yeah. The old, the old test. That's what it is. Big and, Bill doesn't get it done. And I know he already wrestled um, Wardlow once. Yeah. But like, Give it to me again. Like, give me an actual match where maybe I think he might have a chance to win because the last time he fought, it was at the behest of MJF, you know, when he had initially kind of made his AEW debut. Like, I give me that on a Saturday night. Like, I think that could be a really good match. Like, give me him against some big hosses. And yes. him give versus me, Hobbs. Yeah. Like, give me Wardlow with him, without him looking like a youth pastor, too, by the way. Yes, yes. What's that outfit? I don't. I know it's like at the beginning, it's like, oh, he is not in his gear yet. Don't look like that, though. Don't look like that. You, it's I mean, such a it's enough that you got your hair him. cut, huh? It's such a disappointment seeing him. Like he's cooled off so much. Yeah, it's a bad job. Yeah. It's a bad job in creative. What? He has gear on because he's a big guy. And he's got a, a, a golf shirt. He's got sl- he got flooded slacks and no socks and sh- and dress shoes. Okay, that's not how I want to see Wardlow. He's Wardlow. 
When he initially came out last night, he was hot, though. The Austin crowd was hot for him. Like, yes, he's cooled off, but, like, for the live crowds, they're still into it. And hopefully they can find a way to capitalize it somewhat. But, again, getting him away from, I think, the QTV stuff and all that, yes. hopefully, you know, getting him with Christian, I hope that continues to heat up over the next few weeks as they build toward that feud for Double or Nothing. They're building towards Double or Nothing. They're building towards Not of Champions. So much stuff going on in professional wrestling because it's year-round. And you know we're going to talk about it all, whatever happens next week right here on GKW.